Oh, baby, we are talking the big boys. We're talking the offensive line. We're ranking the Big Ten and talking about the Gophers depth chart. Plus, I've got a question, and I need to know your thoughts. Hey, you are no locked happens, on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week. Monday through Friday, we've been breaking down the position groups, and today it's all about the offensive linemen. When I was back working with a college program, we like to call them the big sexies. Well, we're talking about the offensive line today, and tomorrow is the weekend, so we won't have a show, but we will. We'll have one coming up on Monday where we flip to the defensive side of ball. We'll wrap up the defensive groups next week. And then we've got your boy Tristan Spanford on the show the following week. That will be game week Monday officially, and we will be doing season predictions. You're not going to want to miss it. Be sure to hit subscribe over on YouTube so you don't miss out on anything. And we finally hit a thousand subscribers. The Gophers Nation fan base is growing here on YouTube, and I absolutely love it. Please let me know your thoughts in the comments. I want to know what you want to see more of, what you want to see less of, what you need to know about during the season. I've got you covered here at the channel now. I am getting ready to go to the gym real quick, but I had to get the Gopher show in today. So we are going to be talking about that offensive line. And I want to kick it off with a question that maybe some other fans have thought of. Maybe some others are just trust the process. But there's one thing I really wanted to get into, and that is about the youth. On the offensive line. So experience, yes, we have a lot of experience in there, a lot of older guys in the room, but don't get me wrong when I say this. I love hard work. I love earned jobs. I enjoy the stories of seniors staying committed and finally getting their shot. But the offensive line is probably one of my biggest worries for the Gophers in this upcoming season. Now, everything can't be sunshine and rainbows for your football team, and there is bound to be adversity. So hear me out when I talk about this, why I'm going this direction, because I have nothing but respect for Coach Fleck and Coach Callie, Coach Callahan, the offensive line, offensive line coach. But I have a respect for how they've crafted the offensive line over the years, but I think it would be really wise for Minnesota to inject some youth into this offensive line. I find myself asking that question all the time. Should we be going with a ton of red shirt seniors or should we try and see what we have in some of these young guns if they are close? And that's the biggest thing here. So as it stands, this year's line is filling three vacant starting spots. Now, those three openings could all be going to redshirt seniors. In fact, it looks very likely that at least for the start of the 2023 season that we'll have three redshirt seniors, maybe two redshirt seniors and a redshirt junior. We'll see what happens there. But Nathan Bowe, who has one year of eligibility left, Carter Shaw, who has one year of eligibility left, and then Tyler Cooper is in a battle. He's got two years of eligibility left. And JJ Gaday, who is in a battle, has two years of eligibility left. The all of those guys are redshirt seniors, and they're in competition for the starting spots. Now, Nathan Bowe looks to have locked up the center job, but Carter Shaw, Tyler Cooper over on the left guard, 
J.J. Gaudet, Martez Lewis over on the right tackle. That's what it's seeming like. That's what we've gathered from fall camp so far. Now, me personally, I have been a major advocate for Martez Lewis since his battle last season for the red shirt or red right tackle position where he himself, J.J. Gaudet, and Quinn Carroll were all in that battle. Now, Quinn Carroll ended up winning the job. Quinn Carroll's now kicked to the inside at right guard, or so we think. There could be some times where we've seen in the fall where they kick him back out to right tackle and have some versatility in there moving Martez Lewis into the right guard. But that's all the reason more, in my opinion, why Martez Lewis should probably get the job. He's already got the size. He's been a very positive pass blocker. I believe he had a pass blocking grade in the 80s last year, 85 point something when he had to step in for some gophers missing some snaps. So if you kick him into the right tackle position, you've already shown some versatility on kicking Quinn out and putting Martez Lewis in. You can get tricky with it. You can have some fun with it. Maybe you throw off some opposing defenses by shifting those guys every once in a while. That could be something fun, something different, something new that could maybe be advantageous. But the reason I really like the thought of Martez Lewis winning that position out there on the right tackle is because he's still got three years of eligibility left. So you have a little extra time and extra carryover from year to year with that. Now, me personally, I have been a major advocate for him. But after all that being said, what I consistently find myself asking is, would the Gophers be better off in the long term slotting younger players into the O-line if they are close to ready. That is the key caveat there. But we've heard glowing remarks about Greg Johnson, true freshman, Ashton Beers, redshirt freshman, Tony Nelson, redshirt freshman. But if they're close, if they're close and the errors are few and far between, why not start building something long-term and having foundational guys on that offensive line? Because hear me, 2019, offensive line, you got Blaze Andrews, Daniel Falele, John Michael Schmitz, Sam Schluter, and Connor Olson. That was your starting five in 2019. Now, if you look at that group, Andrews started that year, and he also started the next two years. He also started one year prior, so he was a four-year starter. Daniel Falele started that year in 2019, and then he also started in 2021 because he did not play in the 2020 season. John Michael Schmitz started that 2019 year and went on to start the next three seasons. Sam Schluter, he was a redshirt junior at the time, started that year and the next two, but he also started the two prior. Now, not every game in the two prior, but he started a handful of games. And then Connor Olson, redshirt junior at the time, started that year and the next two years. And also like Sam Schluter, had multiple games in the two years prior. So if you're talking from 2018 to 2021, you always had at least three offensive line starters remaining in place. In 2018, you had Connor Olson, Sam Schluter, and Blaze Andrews. Now, 2019, we just listed all five of those guys, obviously. So you had all five. Then you go on to 2020. You had Connor Olson, Sam Schluter, JMS, and Blaze Andrews. All of those guys starting. The only one was Falele, who didn't come back for the COVID year. And then 2021, you had all five of those guys again. That is that consistency, that foundation, and that was the Minnesota Moving Company. Those boys were getting it done. Now, if Falalele wouldn't have skipped the COVID year, you're talking about three years of consistent offensive line starters. 
Now, you'd love to see something like that. Maybe it doesn't happen all as one group like that because obviously four people left after that and only one returning was John Michael Schmitz last year. But what I'm saying is can we get pairings of two or three where you can really have that solid foundation and then add in with youth that is ready to play? That's kind of where I would love to see this thing go. But as it currently stands, last year, Minnesota replaced four offensive linemen. Now heading into this year, once again, we are replacing three offensive linemen, and there is a possibility that they could be replacing another two to four offensive linemen next year, depending on how the year shakes out. Because if Ariante Ursary and Quinn Carroll have phenomenal years, maybe they get NFL looks. If those two get NFL looks and Nathan Bow starts and Carter Shaw starts, they both are on their last years of eligibility. That's four guys that could be departing right there. Right there, you could have potentially four guys leaving once again. And it is hard to find consistency and gain that that emphasis on the offensive line, that extra chemistry that you've seen from this Gophers group in the past without having some sort of youth movement at some point. Now, it seems like there are guys right there ready and waiting in the wings. So I would love to see them maybe get a shot and start to see Minnesota inserting a young core of two or three again that you know would be long-term. What are your thoughts on that, Gopher fans? I would love to get your thoughts down below in the comments on what you think you'd like to see there. But regardless, we will hope that this Minnesota offensive line can get it together once again in 2023. One thing is certain. If a starter isn't playing up to par in this 2023 year, you can bet absolutely hands down that they will have a young guy chomping at the bit to put their name into the conversation for both now and the long term. But let's talk about the youth. Let's talk about the depth in this offensive line room. I'm going to break it down. We're going to talk about projected starters. We're going to talk about who's waiting in the wings and more. We're breaking down the Gophers depth chart for offensive line. That and more coming up next. First, let's talk to you about our friends over at eBay Motors because for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is the perfect fit. And it's the same thing when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts, accessories, you name it, you need to head to eBay Motors. With the eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part will fit for your car just right the first time around. You just add your vehicle to your garage on the website and look for the green check. That way you know the part will fit or your money back. Now, who doesn't like that certainty, that assurance that you're going to be taken care of the first time? I know I do, because just like sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors, and it comes with over 122 million parts to choose from, so you know you're going to be in the game in no time. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. Now, this is Kane Rob with Locked on Golden Gophers. I appreciate y'all for tapping in. And I do want to say thank you to the everydayers who are listening. Thank you to those who aren't quite everydayers, but you tap in every once in a while. I caught up with someone at the food tasting for the new Huntington Bank Stadium food selections. Ran into some listeners there. It was great to meet them. Great to see. And I absolutely love to meet the, the listeners, the everydayers 
tapping in. So if you ever see me on the streets, if you see me at the games, if you see me in the tailgate, say what's up. I love it. I love to hear what you think of the show, and I appreciate you all for tapping in. And if you're not in every day, it's okay. It's not too late. The football season is kicking off, so be sure to hit subscribe over on YouTube so you do not miss a beat. Speaking of the food tastings, if you want to know about all the new foods coming to Huntington Bank Stadium that you cannot miss and you need to get your hands on, my guy Dan Owen, you can find him at Dan Owen MN over on Twitter, has you covered. He's dropping an article and he will talk to you about all the delicacies. There were two, folks. There were two that I was just like, oh, this has got to have it, got to get it. So definitely check that out, including the strawberry shortcake nachos, if I do say so myself. But let's talk about the offensive line depth chart. Now, when we're looking at the starters, it's looking like it's going to be Ariante Ursary at the left tackle, just like last year. Then you're looking at Left guard, a battle is still going on with Tyler Cooper and Carter Shaw. We don't have a definitive answer on who will win that job. If I had to go with my gut, if I had to go from the practices we've seen and what things seem to be playing out as, I would put Tyler Cooper in that position. I think Tyler Cooper might get the first shot at the left guard spot. Nathan Bowe comes in at the center. Quinn Carroll at the right guard. And then you've got the right tackle battle between Martez Lewis and J.J. Gaudet. Now, you already know kind of where my loyalties lie, and that's not to say I don't like J.J. Gaudet. I just think Martez Lewis brings some skill sets that maybe others on the line don't bring, and it's something that can very much help this unit gel and have different strengths to play on. He's also a massive man, and I think he can be a very effective pass blocker, which is what the Gophers will be looking for and looking to do more of in the 2023 season. Now, either way, whoever locks in there, whoever doesn't will be the backup right tackle position. Maybe even you see some rotation and some movement with those pieces as well. But you move to the twos because most people already know about the starters. They've got an idea about those players. They've heard about Ariate Ursary and his talent and his versatility. And you've seen him in some trick plays in the spring games. Everybody knows Quinn Carroll. We know he came from Notre Dame. We know he has stepped up last year. He made third team Big Ten for, I believe, the coaches poll. And then the media poll, he got an honorable mention. So They've got the experience coming back. Nathan Bowe is a leader amongst men. He is going to step in for John Michael Schmitz's absence, and I think he is going to hold it down. It's just the new positions or the new starters outside of that. That's where the question mark lies, but we have battles going on. But when you look at the twos, that's where you're seeing a lot of this youth, a lot of your Tony Nelson, who is a redshirt freshman from the 2022 class. You've got Greg Johnson, a true freshman from the 2023 class, slotted in at the left guard right now. You've got Cade McConnell, who's been taking more and more and more snaps at center for the twos when it came to these Gophers fall practices. And then you've got Ashton Beers, who played a lot at the right guard position. He's also, I've seen him kicked out at the tackle at times, if I'm not mistaken. Sometimes it's hard with all the numbers and rotations and everything, but Ashton Beers works in at that right guard very often. And then you see either Martez Lewis or JJ Gaudet, whoever doesn't win that battle as the right tackle in the twos. That's a solid group. You're talking about that youth movement that I'm talking about is right there in the twos. A redshirt freshman, a true freshman, a redshirt freshman, and a redshirt freshman. That's four right there. All freshmen of some sort stepping in for your twos. So if one of these guys in the starting positions isn't ready, if those battles that we've been hearing about all fall, neither one of them can get the job done, the youth movement could be coming. This is a lot of talent, a lot of a lot of uh, muscle, a lot of, look, this room we've heard a lot about with these young guys. And Coach Fleck has talked about how these 
recruiting classes keep getting better and better and pushing for more time earlier because they're coming in more ready to play. And the more I hear that, the more I would love to see them on the field sooner. Regardless, it feels like the Gophers' depth is in good shape. It's just what is the upside of the offensive line right now? Is it just steady and it's holding things together or will it be something that can be an advantage so we've talked about the, that two deep we've talked about the ones and the twos but who are the depth players who are the future players to keep an eye on well you've got three scholarship players that, that sometimes work in haven't seen too much from them in the fall so far but that's spencer alvarez logan purcell and tyrell wallace all three of them are scholarship players they've been in the last few draft or recruiting classes now but i haven't seen them in the team periods too much but when you're looking at the 2023 class, the true freshmen coming in right now, the other players outside of Greg Johnson are likely to redshirt, but you'll see a lot more insight on them next year. So I just wanted to get those names in your head right now. you got Jerome Williams. He's been taking some snaps at center with the Rofers. I think he's still got to get a little bit bigger. He's still putting the playbook together, but it's definitely promising to see him working in there. You've got Philip Daniels. He's caught my eye in some of the Rofer periods early as well. Reese Tripp is one of the guys and Derek Mister is also another true freshman. Those are the four others. They've been running with the Rofers. They've been getting in the work. They've been getting into the playbook and this is their first fall camp. Those guys, only one of them was a early enrollee and that was Reese Tripp. So the rest of them are still coming along. They're still learning, but there is a lot of talent and a lot of potential in that room. And then beyond them, you've got two walk-on grinders and Jackson Hunter and Jackson Rushmeyer. I've seen both of them get reps with the twos and the threes on occasion from spring and fall camp. Now, it doesn't seem like they're making a play at snaps this year, but it is good to have the depth overall. Then the future. So we've talked about those 23s. Some of those guys eventually could end up starters just like we've seen grow from a Nathan Bow, from a Tyler Cooper. So guys can work their way over the years into starting opportunities. So don't count anybody out is the biggest thing. But the one thing I did want to mention is there is a three offensive lineman class in the 2024 class for us as well. Nathan Roy, the number one prospect from Wisconsin, four-star kid, is headed to Minnesota next year. I was stoked about him, but I was even more stoked about Brett Carroll because I think Brett Carroll could be a phenomenal center now. He might not be the guy from the jump. He might not be the guy to come in right away next year as a true freshman to start. It's hard to do that from the offensive line perspective. You got to get built for it. You got to get in the weight room. You got to get going, but if he can put it together. Maybe you got a redshirt year and then maybe he's competing for the starting job or maybe he is advanced. Maybe he is to the point where we're looking at Greg Johnson right now as a guy who can push for opportunity. We'll see. I mean, the time is still there, but he was one of the commits I was very excited about in this 2024 class. And the Mauricio Hines as well. A lot of good clay there. You just got to see how he how he shapes out and how he continues to grow. I know he's newer to football, so there's a lot of opportunities with the youth in this room. And that's why your boy is a little bit ready for a youth movement moving forward. But where would this group rank? across the Big Ten. That's how we're going to finish this out. We're going to rank every single offensive line in the Big Ten. Where do the Gophers rank? I told you I'm a little bit worried on the season, but how worried am I? We're going to find out coming up next. 
All right, Gophers fans, we're doing our rankings of the position groups for the Big Ten offensive lines. Now, we're ranking the lines as an entire unit, and we're kicking it off with number 14. But as always, like we have done for tight ends, wide receivers, running backs, and quarterbacks, this is my projection for how they finish the 2023 season. So this is how I think they'll rank out at the end of the year. Now, at number 14, I've got Indiana. And if you're over on YouTube, you can see it scrolling at the bottom, so you have a refresh on who is listed where but 14 we've got indiana now i use offensive line has been a definite weakness for them in both 2022 and 2021 right now i am more of the belief that i need to believe it i'll believe it when i see it as opposed to giving them any benefit of the doubt or weighing in on hope or potential from the youth or transfers. They just haven't been able to get it done over the last years. There hasn't even really been any sparks of inspiration. So Indiana comes in as the worst offensive line for 2023. You kick it over to 13, and we've got Maryland. Now, last year, Maryland returned five offensive line starters five of them. They were up here with the best of the bunch. I think I had them rated in the top five last year, but now they fall all the way to 13 because both tackles went off to the NFL. One of their starting guards transferred to LSU. Another starting player who was looked at as the starting center transferred to TCU. Now they've got some young players like DJ Glaze who brings some upside and looks to be locked in at the tackle position, but it seems like they're really, really relying on a lot of unproven players for 2023. That's a challenge, especially when you play in the last year of the Big Ten East taking on Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and who knows if Michigan State can put stuff together again this season. It will be a difficult goal for that O-line, and they will have a challenge. I've got them at 13. We come to 12, and I've got Northwestern. They've got Dom D'Antonio. He had spot opportunities and cleanup work last year. Josh Preeb, he was a starter last year until he was hurt. And then they've got Caleb Tiernan, who started from week nine on. So they've got players who have put in starts and have experience on the field. Now, that should at least give them a solid foundation as they continue to try to shape things out moving forward. I really like redshirt freshman Nick Herzog. He could be a special player, but if he doesn't win the job, then you're looking at a veteran player like Zach Franks who could hold it down. Down as a veteran on the tackle position. And then we move over to number 11. 11 is Iowa. Now, it's wild to think that an Iowa offensive line has all five or starters returning. And I've got them outside the top 10. But I believe Iowa's offensive line was a big sieve last year when it came to allowing pressures, not really giving the quarterback a ton of time. And so they will need some big time development and some leaps towards progression in order to have a higher finish in 2023. It isn't impossible. I could see them finishing up at eight or seven or so, but they've got to get better. They've got to get the chemistry down and protect their new quarterback in this upcoming season. Number 10, we've got Rutgers. Now, Rutgers isn't too bad. This is two in a row now where they've had a little bit of life in these rankings. Three starters back for 2023. I think they have more upside than most of the groups below them, and I will look forward to seeing if they can at least give their quarterback some opportunity in a Kirk Shiraka offense. We move to number nine, and it is Nebraska. Now, similar to Iowa, they have many players returning, 
who have started games but haven't necessarily thrived. You've got Noelli, who will be back from an injury, and he had a very solid 2021. And then you've got transfer Ben Scott coming in at center. I think he will jump in immediately and should contribute. It will be interesting to see if their scheme change with Marcus Satterfield at the offensive coordinator and Matt Rule coming in maybe plays to the O-line's favor, which helped bump them above Iowa, who I referenced, and Rutgers because maybe that scheme change can help some of these guys be more productive and more effective in the upcoming season. Number eight, you've got Minnesota. Look, I like Ariante Ursary. The upside he brings is great, but we still have to see it realized on the field. There have been learning moments. Last year was definitely a learning year for him. I think Quint Carroll should see a lot more promise in this upcoming season having moved to guard i think it will help him especially play to his strengths in the run game and nathan bow looks like he will be a solid center fill in from john michael schmitz he's been working with jms for the last five years now and he's seen it done firsthand he's stepped in at guard he stepped in at center in the bowl game he stepped in when needed and he has always played fairly well so i'm not worried there but the biggest question marks are left guard and right tackle now there's opportunity there is experience in the room there is youth in the room, but I do have a little concerns when it comes to the Gophers. We move into number seven, and I've got Illinois. Illinois loses two starters in their center and their right tackle. That being said, they have three starters returning who played 962 snaps, 843 snaps, and 766 snaps. So they've got some experience between those three offensive linemen. Plus, you've got a JUCO transfer coming in who is ranked the number one in the position ranks and number 19th in the nation for JUCO uh, players coming into the division one level of the game. I think he'll likely start at center. So he should be a solid piece for them. They've got a decent line over there at Illinois. Moving on to number six, we've got Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin lost Tipman. He's the center. He's gone. He's with the Jets. He got drafted, but all of the other starters are back. And then you've got a transfer in Renfro who will likely play that center position, but it sounds like he may have been hurt in this fall camp. I don't know how severe or how to what extent, but maybe that could take a ding on their offensive line and who is snapping the ball to the quarterback. That being said, Jack Nelson at tackle, 73.1 PFF grade. Michael Fertney, 67.2 PFF grade. Tanner Bortolini, 74.3 PFF grade at the guard. And then Trey Wedig, 73.7 PFF grade. So all solid PFF grades when it comes to the O-line. They could get better with the scheme change, but it could also hurt them because switching from a more run-heavy approach to a air raid passing style approach can maybe create a little bit of communication issues. It could be, it's a completely different approach to how you approach the offensive line. Now, the wide receivers shouldn't have any problem. The running backs shouldn't have any problem. If any problems come from the scheme change, it's going to be at the offensive line unit. And that's why Wisconsin comes in at six for me instead of the top five. Now you move on to the top five. I've got Purdue at number five. They've got three starters back in Musa, Hartwig, and Imbo. I think all three of those guys are plus players when it came to their grades in both running and passing. So they bring versatility on both sides. If they can find one more shining star in the rough, in the youth, in the transfers that they've got, I think the Purdue offensive line will hold its own in the Big Ten. 
You move on to number four. We've got Michigan State. Now, Michigan State's offensive line unit was top 35 in the nation last year in not allowing sacks. They've got three starters back, and Samich, who is a 80.3 pass blocking grade. J.D. Duplain, who is a 83.0 pass blocking grade. And then they also have Spencer Brown, who is back with significant snaps as a starter. And they got one player who didn't start, but he got in the rotation in Geno Vandemark with a 90.3 pass blocking grade. They've got some great pass blocking players on this offensive line for Michigan State, and it's why they come in at number four for me. We move on to the top three, and you can see it's already all three of the top dogs in the East. We've got Ohio State. They've got both guards back from last year. Carson Hinsman is a redshirt freshman who looks like he maybe won that starting center position. And then Tegra Tishabola. He could be a really good player on their offensive line. I'm not sure if he will make a start, if he will get the job this year, but there's potential. They've also got some seniors and some transfers that could step in, but it looks like transfer Josh Simmons is making a very strong case to play at one of the tackle positions as well. I think with that returning two guards, plus that high upside freshman at the center, if you can find a little bit of stability out there on the tackle position, which Ohio State has been able to do over the years, they're going to be just fine in the top three unit in the conference you move on to number two and number two is penn state they've got the best offensive lineman in the big Ten in olu fashanu in fact he might be the best offensive lineman in the entire country and then they've got some upside and a guy like landon tengwall now he's been injured in the offseason but it sounds like it's maybe more minor he's a young offensive line with big promise you've got warmly back who was a starter last year you've got newsard who played a lot of snaps last year and he's stepping into that center role Four guys that I think will show really brightly, but they can't outdo our number one. And our number one is none other than Michigan. Now, Michigan has is a two-time Joe Moore Award winner back-to-back these last two years, and that is an award given to the best offensive line unit in the country. They've done it for back-to-back years, and they can't be unseated until someone can prove they're better. That's plain and simple. They have six guys who could potentially be drafted next season, so it's safe to say they've run away with the number one rank. Now, next week, we're kicking off with defense. We're starting with the defensive line. It's going to be a good talk. The defensive line for Minnesota is one of my most exciting groups to see in this season, and I'll tell you all about why next week. Be sure to hit subscribe over on YouTube. Follow wherever you get the podcast. Leave a five-star review. It's almost football time, folks. Roll the boat, Scotty, my go-go first. And as always, don't forget to subscribe.